0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every girl in this town has felt the wind in her hair from the Ferris wheel's spinning at the county fair Looked out from the top and wondered what's out there for me.
1: Hey everybody, it's Jim Asker on the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast. And today we're gonna to be talking with Trisha Yearwood. Hello, Trisha. Hello, how are you, Jim? And the one and only Leslie Simon.
2: Hello, Jim.
1: Who is the general manager?
2: Gwendolyn Records. Gwendolyn yeah. Records. Pearl, Pearl, and right. Gwendolyn. Pearl and Gwendolyn.
1: <laughs> Thank you both for taking the time. I know it's like busy as can be
0: it's good um, it's good busy I'm busier now than I think I've ever been and that's
1: saying a lot and it's all good stuff and uh, the record will be out by the time people hear this uh, but it's coming out Friday yeah I've
0: been waiting <laughs> i just been it's been a few months of kind of having it all done and ready to go and now and in, in having the real really cool response to the first single um, now I'm just ready for everybody to hear it
1: the the new single is great. Thank you. Um, every girl and every girl is the name of the album, and um, the single's number thirty five this week. I do the chart, so I know so exactly know. <laughs> where everything is. Um, so I'm going to watch that shoot up the chart.
0: Well, we've had a, it's got good momentum, and it's been crazy because I've been saying this all day. But the truth is, when I made this album, you know, I just didn't have any expectation other than wanting to make music that I loved. And so I've been so pleasantly surprised at the response to this song. And it's really been cool because it really leads in so nicely to the album release and then to a tour in the fall and better than I could have ever dreamed. And
1: and Leslie was saying, talking about all the music that you listened to, and how did you come about every girl in this town being the single, both of you. Well, you can I tell can you give your version both of I, your take yeah. on it.
2: I, I wanna hear, well, I want you to hear Trisha's version first because she actually found these songs. And, and that to me is the extraordinary start for all of it.
0: Well, for me, you know, um, I don't know when this airs. I'm 54. I might be 55 by the time this airs. I might have a birthday it's coming up.
1: airing on Wednesday. Okay,
0: so I won't be 55 yet. Um, September.
1: You're so open. Yeah,
0: but, well, I mean, you know.
1: Leslie like, asked how old I was, and I didn't want to tell yeah, her. No, I just don't care.
0: You know, I got that from my mom. It's like, I don't care. You
1: look great, Thank you way. very much.
0: I plan to have a lot of work done. I you haven't exactly yet, but I plan like to. you did in... <laughs>
1: Exactly like you did in 1991, which was the first time I met you. I don't
0: think so, but that's really sweet of you to say. But anyway, um, I I, old school, Garth Fundis and I, who made most of my albums together, my producer, Garth Fundis, legendary, legendary. He and I, um, he's a song man. You know, he produced Don Williams, um, Mm -hmm. and he.
1: Were you a Don Williams fan? Yes, yeah. such great radio yes. songs, weren't yes. they? Yes,
0: and went to see Don live. You know, Don would come out on a bar stool and a guitar and just sit, and he'd play, uh, and he really? wouldn't ever move. And then he'd get done with this song, and he'd just say, thank you. I never got <laughs> a like, chance ah! to see him live. He was so great. you was so great. But anyway, okay. uh, Fundus and I um, would go around in back in the day and sit with publishers and songwriters and have them play their songs Mm -hmm. for you. And people don't really do that much anymore. Everything's sent over um, email or whatever, but I I like sitting face to face because that way you can really give feedback in the moment of like, I like this song, but it's not quite me, but it's in the ballpark or "Mm, no, not so much. And it gives song pluggers a chance to go back into their catalogs and really bring and really get feedback to be able to really pitch you mm-hmm. better and you get better songs that are more suited to you that way. So we did that for this album. The first response from everybody was you're making a whole album. And I guess, I guess the kids today aren't really making full albums anymore that much. So, but with vinyl coming back, I'm really happy that people are starting to listen to a full body of work again. And I'd had, I mean, I would never do it any other way. And, uh, and every girl in this town was one of the first songs I heard. And I just loved it. I I didn't, I didn't say this is a single, um, Leslie can tell you when I played it for them I said I don't even know if the, any of the I don't even know if we're going to radio like I don't know if, if any I don't know if radio going to play me and, so I don't even know if we're going to radio and Leslie can
2: pick, pick it up it from there. It was pretty I mean so we had released Let's Be Frank which was this
1: incredible, incredible set of Frank Sinatra songs
2: exactly and um, and then in April Trisha had us come in and, and it was just core team and she and Garth Bundes said, we want to play you this music. And she prefaced it with, I don't know what we're going to do with this. All I know is I just went out and made songs that I love. I recorded songs that I love and I want y'all to hear it. And then we'll talk about what we're going to do. And um, Every Girl was the fourth track that we listened to. It, It starts off with working on whiskey. And we were all just like blown away. The vocals that came out, the music that came out, we were all just like, wow. And then we got to Every Girl, and before the song was over, I think three of us turned around and said, that's a single. We're taking that to right Well, so Yours
1: is an iconic voice. I mean, you know that, right? We are right? very sweet.
2: I mean, but it's – it's. I like – I'm hoping that,
0: you know, when people hear it, they go, oh, that's Trisha. That's what you want. That's the legacy you want to leave is that people – you're recognizable. But there's so many factors that play into what's successful, what gets played, all that stuff. So the cool thing about being 54 is you you kind of – Lose your, well, you lose your filter. One that's not so good. <laughs> but you also lose the inhibitions and the you. There's a freedom that comes with that, with mm-hmm. time, that allows you to go in and just have fun. And and when I listen to this record back, I don't have one regret. I don't have any song I would have done differently. And whatever happens with it, I'm good because I'm so happy with the way it came out. And that that's a freedom that comes with taking all the pressure off yourself.
1: And. There are a lot of great artists who make great albums who don't care about getting radio traction anymore. Leanne Womack, for one, who's makes who's tremendous amazing. albums. Yes. Did you go out with the intention of like, I'm going to get this. I, I hope to get it played.
0: No, I didn't. I really didn't. I mean, I really did go into, into it thinking, you know, I'm a woman. That's against me. I'm 54. That's against me.
1: I want to talk about that woman. I, I've been thing doing
0: this it. for 28 years. That's against me. Um, so I didn't have an expectation. And what's really funny is it was so freeing. And then that, then when the record debuted higher than any single I've ever debuted, then I was like, I still don't care. I still don't care. Wait a it minute. I care, your I care de- a little bit. It was. It was your highest
1: debut. Yes. I happened Which to write that, crazy. by the way. I, um, and
0: I was like, let's fact check that. But it's true. <laughs> um, so now, of course, I'm trying to be cool about it and try to have the same mentality of like, that's not why I made this record. But I'm a competitive person. I want to succeed. I, of course. I want it to sell records. I want it to be, I want to have hits. Um, but I don't think I, you know, the, the, the glimmer of hope from this single coming out so strong has made me remember, I, I really do want that. I just, um, I wasn't expecting it.
1: And Leslie's at the helm of, I mean, you don't work radio anymore, but you oversee the team that does.
2: Well, so, and I, I mean, I, I'm always going to be a part of what's working radio. I mean, I'm always going to oversee and be a big part of that strategy because that's really where I came from in this business. And so for me, listening to that music, I mean, um, we have an incredible radio team um, with Mandy and Andy and Chris and Glenn and Hillary, but we all work together. It's a it's a great collaboration. I just
1: got an email from Mandy yesterday. Jim, can you explain to me why blah, blah, blah? Right,
0: right. <laughs> um, so- and Leslie's
1: a little tenacious too.
0: Yeah, well, it's important to have those voices because there's a lot of static on, you know, no pun intended, on the radio and there's so many songs. It's such a bottleneck. It's so hard to get played. No matter what, man or woman, it's hard to get your music to get up those charts. So yeah. it takes a team that's really tenacious. And I think I think also it's been impressive to see what this team has done under the Pearl flag and also the Gwendolyn well, flag with not, not having major label money to be able to get, you know, accomplish what they've accomplished.
1: But it is kind of thought of as a major label, though, right? The the perception
2: I, we certainly don't feel like we're perceived as a major label. If you do, that's interesting. But I mean, we absolutely think of ourselves as an independent. We're just an it's independent. Garth that has, and Trisha has <laughs> Garth on one imprint and Trisha on another. But we're not. We're not backed by Sony or Universal or Warner. I mean, it's it's different in the sense that we don't even have distribution in that way. So we're a small group of people, oh, right. That and, are working. You know. Our individual artists. And I
1: just want to reset for a second. This is Jim Asker on the Billboard Chartbeat podcast, and we're talking with Trisha Yearwood and Leslie Simon, and it's really exciting about the new album. And you were just going to say something, Trisha. Well, I was just
0: going to say, talking about, you know, that it is maybe perceived as a major label because of Garth Brooks, the name, you know, and I mean, I, I live with the most successful artist in the history of music, basically. So it, it would seem that... Are you guys well, competitive be, at it, all, by the way? Well, yes, we are. <laughs>
1: With each other, I (laughs) mean, with each other. Yes,
0: we are. (laughs) I'm probably more competitive with him than he is with me. Um, But it's good because it's always a challenge. It's always like I'm going to, you know, and and he hates it when I say there's what you can do as Garth Brooks and then there's the rest of us. Like he's he's a phenomenon. He is different in the way he does his business and what he's accomplished in his career. No one will ever touch. Um, There's a part of me that has to be okay that selling 15 million records is like, It's not that great in my family, at my house, but in the world, it's good, you know, so um, I have to be okay with that. But I I will say that, you know, to watch Garth and because he is Garth Brooks, which is larger than life figure than the person to see the struggle at radio and he had a number one single and how, how, how hard it was, you know, to watch this team, um, how, how they worked and worked and worked. It may that was one of the reasons why I really was like I'm not sure we're going to radio because if mm. if it was that hard for Garth Brooks to get a number one, what is what is going to happen to Trisha Yearwood out there? So, um, they were the ones who really believed, and, and this team has really been believed. They they're they're just amazing. I'm,
1: Leslie, right. have you reintroduced Trisha to a lot of the programmers? Have you been out there talking to some of them?
0: Oh yeah.
2: yeah. Have um, you, you done know, a little radio? We, we invited kind of them thing?
0: in to actually play them some things before at, before the
1: single came and out. Some of the same guys. Is- from the 1990s right oh yeah right? Uh, there's a few of us that are all, that have but been here this even long even
2: before the music came out i mean on the world tour what garth and trisha both do with their friends in radio and the love and support that they have for radio and radio for them. And just that partnership is pretty extraordinary. I mean, it's not like you come and you do a meet and greet and you shake hands and get your photo made and you move on in a cattle call line. I mean, that's not,
1: Oh, I know. I know how they do their backstage. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, so. And
1: when you tell people, it's just amazing how you guys do your backstage,
2: but all of our friends in radio have been experiencing that with Trisha while she was making the music. So it wasn't like she was, ever away when she didn't have something on the radio because she's been right there. The world tour started in 2014. And so for the last five years, she's been very forward facing. And now to have that music and to be able to the whole time on the world tour, the question was, when are you going to have new music? When are you going to have new music?
1: And this is your first full solo album since 2007. Is that right? I believe that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: I think too, though, I have, do have a lot of friends in radio who are rooting for me and want me to do well. But I think there were a lot of people that are like, we just hope that we can, that that, like, we, we don't know what we're going to hear. We hope it's something that we can get excited about. So I'm really proud for this song. I mean, I didn't write every girl in this town, so I can say this. It's a strong song. And as much as people love me, which I appreciate the and want to help me, the song has to be
1: there, you know? And, and so
0: they, they've been really, they, I think it was kind of nice to see everybody's face when you'd play them the song. I'm like, okay, we can run with this. this and you had cool. quite
1: a buzz going about whether Don Henley was going to be on the record or not. I mean, you got it. Was that, was that, how did you guys get that little rumor going? Or was it just, Something that happened organically.
0: I think so, it wasn't a plan. I think it, somebody, I think maybe I dropped it or maybe somebody asked me right. if I was going to have any special guests or something. And I think I said something like. I think
2: it happened during um, seeing my music fest. Was that what that, it was? Yeah. I might
0: have just dropped a name. I don't know. But, love You, you know. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Um,
1: is it the last track? On
0: the, the last record? track. Written by Mike Reed, um, who is incredible. Leap of Faith. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And and he well, also wrote, um, I Can't Make You Love Me, the Bonnie Raitt song he was a linebacker
1: for the cincinnati bengals
0: he was so he's this big guy he's he's so sweet and he's been married for 40 something years and he this song the first line of this song is is poetry it says uh you were the light that wounds the eye and he said i said where did you get that and he said i walked in and saw my wife 40 years ago and when i saw her i'm like oh this is going to be the death of me. Like this is the mm. one. Like this is it. And the song is really about whatever happens. I'm just. I'm going to love you anyway. That like you're it. Like you're you're Aww. it. And and it's just so beautiful. I wanted to be piano vocal. I wanted to be the last song. And I just kept hearing. Henley's voice and you know he's been so sweet to me ever since Walkaway Joe he's been a friend and I don't call him unless it's something I really think you know believe mm-hmm. strongly in and I sent it to him and I said well, what do you think and he's like it's beautiful I'd love to so uh, um, I'm so happy to have him on this record you were the light that wounds the eye the pain that time could not I felt resistance
2: fading fast. And that song absolutely slays me. It's what? One of my favorite songs on the album. And I, I think
1: people are going to love it.
0: Oh, I do. We had strings on it, and I, then after Henley sang on it, I'm like, mm, take the strings off. We don't need that. We just wait, need to so we first oh, really? <laughs> heard it. Yeah.
2: When we first heard it, it was the version with the strings without Henley's vocal. And then when we heard it, with his vocal, it just was like that's exactly what this song was supposed to be. And yeah, I they just, find their way. They find beautiful. their way how they're supposed to end up.
1: Which song did Carla Bonoff write?
2: She wrote a song called Home. Um
1: Cut Three. It,
0: and it was it's it's a seventies song. Long before you kids over there were born. <laughs> um, and Carla, I've been... I, 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 I saw
1: her in the 70s. Yeah,
0: I saw her last year. She played here in with Nashville. With like Andrew
1: Gold playing yeah. with her and yeah. some of Linda Ronset's band. Yeah. Incredible.
0: Yeah, so so I discovered her through Ronset, who was my hero. And, um, and so Carla and I have... It's very strange when you strike up friendships with these people that were your heroes. And she and I have kind of struck up a friendship. And I was talking to her about music and I was like have you written anything lately that, you know, I'd love to hear and I'd love to have a Carla, I'd love to cut a Carla Bonoff song. And she said, not really lately, but you should think about home. And I kind of, I've cut a couple of things that Ron that's recorded, but i mostly try to stay away from her because I'm such a fan that I just think it's sacred, you know? And, um, but she had not, never recorded home. In fact, there's a there's a seventies version of Bonnie Raitt singing home, which is very cool. You should check that out. But, um, Carla also recorded it. So I kind of morphed those versions together and, uh, and it's one of my favorite songs. So I, it's the only kind of throwback on here that that some people might know from the past. And home sings me of sweet things. My life there has its
2: own
1: wings. Do you have a, a, a favorite of favorites
0: on this album? It's... It, I could go through every song and tell you why I'm obsessed
2: <laughs> with every song. Right. I mean,
1: Leslie, do you have one?
2: It's really hard because, you know, I always feel like I have a different favorite song depending on the mood that I'm in because that's what music is supposed to do, right? It's supposed to fit wherever you are in that moment. Oh, yeah. And so, depending on when I'm listening to the album, I have different favorites. I mean, yeah, the, I, the second I heard Every Girl in This Town, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is. That is the song for every single little girl who's trying to decide. I love the if she video can make her dreams come true. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: mean, I just fun. love it the really fact is. that it's just like normal girls. We on just that. want to be
0: goofy. It's like <laughs> let's just be real. Let's just have some fun. Uh-huh. And every 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 girl, every girl represented um, really fun. Yesterday I had a rehearsal for the first time with my band for the tour coming up and some of the press were doing and so and so we were, we ran the new things. We ran about five new things, and so it was the first time I've done these songs live.
1: Is Heather still playing since, with you? Um,
0: no, she's not. Her boys are in the thick of high school, so she's not on. She's not going to be on this. She road, was a fiddle player, yeah, and she's still dear friend to we, Royce. And yeah, and we will we will Rizzer. work together again, but. Um, it was interesting to go through the gamut of emotions singing these songs because I did working on whiskey, which is this kind of gut-wrenching. Mm. Great song. Uh, you know, I love all the gut-wrenching, really depressing, sad songs. They make me happy. Um, well, Memphis was
1: such a great song. Of uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you.
0: I love that song, too. I love that yeah, song. It's a fun song to do live. Mm. But it was really interesting. So that... So they just all, there's something special about them for different reasons. And it's not a cop-out. You know, normally when I'm asked, I can't give an answer, but I usually say the song Remembers is one of my favorite songs I've ever recorded. But on this album, I will be hard-pressed to pick a favorite. I think it's, I think like Leslie said, it kind of, there's a little something for everybody. You know, there's the dark... And deep songs. There's the up-tempo kind of lighter songs. Drink Up is just a fun Mm. song.
2: There's Bible on a 44. Yeah, Bible on a 44, which
0: is really about my dad. And, you know, just tell me something I don't know is like this gut-wrenching song about a relationship. And like, you know it's going to implode, but you're going to do it anyway. It's like, there's just so many,
2: there's so many emotions covered. You run the gamut of emotions and you have the sexy and light, what gave me away, which is just like So cool, and then I
1: didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, continue. Uh,
2: And then you have Bible in a forty-four. That I mean, I just lost my daddy. Trish has lost her dad. It just is. You hear that song, and I can't hold the tears back when i hear that song that's gonna be
0: a hard one to do live i did it yesterday Uh in rehearsal and i'm like okay how am i gonna (sighs) how am i gonna get through this um it's you've uh, had
1: 19 top 10 singles i have yeah
0: (laughs) see you know more about me than (laughs) Um,
1: i do i'm gonna use that 14 top 10 albums nice um are there any of these songs that remind you of one of your hits from the past that fans would say that reminds me of huh
0: It's interesting because what people have said is that every girl in this town reminds them of she's in love with the boy. Hmm. And I'm not sure, you know, I think what, for me, it's that, um, it's more of the vibe of the song. Mm -hmm. It's kind of up the, the, you know, melodically it almost, the intro is very similar, which I hadn't thought about until somebody said this to me. I'm like, it is kind of similar, It kind of starts the same way. Um, so that, that song kind of reminds me of that, and I think that maybe one of the things that st- has struck a chord with people when they hear it, because it's like, this is the Trisha we want to hear and we remember, but it's also sounds new. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Be,
1: we'll you, I want to ask you about something. But I want to ask you both about something. You said something early on when we started talking about being a woman. And um, if I could just finish this out here, um, you know, I wrote a column about a chart showing no women in the top 20 for the first time in the history of the chart. She's in love with the boy, which is your debut single that went to number one. When Kelsey Ballerini's first number one happened, it was the first debut by a solo woman since Jesus Take the Wheel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so what's going on?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: I mean, I, I don't have an answer. I, I can tell you this. I, I think, you know, I come from the school of Reba McIntyre, where it's like, you just work. Like, I never really thought in the 90s. And first of all, you couldn't throw a rock and not hit a chick singer in the 90s. So we didn't have an issue. But it was never well it's just harder for a woman that's a fact in every business but you never like the school of reba is that's not something you focus on you just work you work hard and my husband famously says that women work twice as hard to get half as much and he's probably Who's
1: your husband? he's probably right about that
0: he's probably right about that but the the bottom line is you know when i moved when i married garth and moved to oklahoma for 14 years I thought, you know, radio was left in pretty good hands. There were a lot of chick singers on the radio. And then when I moved back here four years ago, that was one of the first questions was, what do you think about the fact that there's not any women on radio? And I'm like, oh, my God, there aren't. Like, what is happening? There's two girls on radio. There's Miranda yeah. and Carrie. Um, and and we're seeing that trend change. I think it's a – I don't know why. I don't know why it's happened. But I think the good news is with all of the the, the – finally, we're having the conversation out loud that – you know for whatever reason more women are being played whether it's that radio stations are scared <laughs> and they think well we better play the girls or that they're just to me there's just all these all these excuses that don't there's no there's no basis for there's no research that i've seen that shows that People turn the channel if you play two girls back to back on the radio. There's no research that shows. Like, I don't see how they're coming up with their stats. So, or well, the girls just aren't bringing good songs. It's like, well, I mean, that's not true. Um,
2: Women don't like to hear women. That's the one that I find that's the worst one too.
0: It's like, well, you know, that's really dumb to imagine that the women don't want to hear songs about themselves is ridiculous. So, I think that if as you know, what happens when there's a struggle or diversity and people talk about, um, people talk about all this stuff, then, then all the women band together. And that's what was kind of cool is I noticed that at CMT for during C Mayfest yeah. was that I'm thrown in a dressing room with all these girls who grew up on She's a of the boys. So they were four years old when that song came out and they are like, Oh, we're so glad you have a song on the radio. We love every girl in this town. And you're sitting there with Ray Lynn and Laura and Elena and Kelsey Ballerini, um, And Carly Pierce, and we're all talking about it, and you're seeing this camaraderie that is really cool. That comes when you sometimes when you're up against it. So I I think it's um, I think the women are strong, and I don't think they're really taking no for an answer. But it also is the men, and there are several men, including my husband who um, who are talking about it. Like it's it's also the men in the industry who have to say this isn't right.
1: Yeah, it's a bad look for um, when you see the chart. Work. And and I had a couple of PDs say that to me, and they said, well, you can't use my quote. And then um, a couple of them actually went on the record and said it's a really, like Tim Roberts, really good programmers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but here's the deal. So I was a programmer the first time in 1983, right? Um, in my Maybe early, you have the answer. In my early 20s, and a consultant said to me then, as a new PD, you don't play two women back-to-back, and you don't have two women disc jockeys back-to-back. And I said... But I was on the earth since I was 18 I said I've never heard a listener say that right? and and I never paid attention to my whole career in radio and the other thing is that it, and I really believe this, good programmers will say it's not about whether it's a group, a woman a duo, a whatever, it's about the song And and then you have to look at well how many are women are on the rosters of these record labels, like how many are they offering up um, well,
2: there, there there are plenty that are offered up right now, I would say. I mean, you know, what we hear a lot is, well, you know, artist X, male artist X is, is out testing female artist X. Now When you say and testing,
1: we're talking for anybody who doesn't research. know, research is huge and for radio. So
2: my question then is, well, did you start male artist X right into a all day rotation at 25 times a week where did you start female artist x my guess is you probably started her in overnights and then maybe after six weeks she started seeing a little bit of evening airplay so her 100 spins that are primarily in nights and overnights are not the same 100 spins of his all day long
1: and that's another thing we didn't have overnight spins years ago we didn't when we played a record we played it um and songs went up, like your hits went up the chart in 12, 13 weeks. Right, yeah. She's the only and one was a 14-week record. So you could have five singles off of an album. Yes. And now it's how many, Leslie?
2: Oh, sometimes 52. I mean, sometimes yeah. a whole year. I mean, how long did Kelsey's last record take to go to number one? It was close to 50 weeks, wasn't it? And she's about as hot as you get as 30 a 30-something, I think, Thir- to
1: get on the chart, though. Right. Before it gets on Before the chart, it's it got a few Before on the chart. Week, I mean,
2: they, from when they released it until when it went to number one. And she's as hot as you get i mean you know it shouldn't take kelsey ballerini that many weeks to hit number one it was i think 18 months from the number one she had had before yes i mean that's unbelievable think about that
1: um before carly pierce had her number one it was a while in between it's always a while
2: and you're not going to see that from the male artists out there. And by the way, it's that it that's not taking away from the music that the men are making. My question is if you gave that female artist the exact same start that you're giving this male artist and they got the exact same exposure, I don't believe that those songs would test that differently when they're both great songs. And obviously if eventually the song goes to number one after 36 weeks or 18 months or whatever, it was going to test. It just needed exposure. But if you—if t- it takes, you know, 10, 12, 14, 16, 20 weeks before anybody even hears it, because not there are not a lot of people that are really jamming out to the radio at 3 a.m.
1: <laughs> and and radio True. is corporate now. And when I was in radio, you could only own twelve radio stations. So there were hundreds of program directors out there trying to kill each other and hire the best talent. And now we have you know cyber jocks and all of that, which um, you know I don't think has helped either.
2: And and I'm, I honestly can't even say if if the corporatization of radio has as much of an impact because I st- we still see our team talk to individual programmers. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they're not being dictated to on what they can play. So it is about the where you're starting a record and you're never, ever going to get a record to test if it is spending six to eight to 10 weeks um, in overnights and if it's never getting that daytime airplay. And then People just after 10 weeks, well, I've already played that 10 weeks and I've got a hundred spins. Okay. Well, of those hundred, you have about 18 in a time when somebody could hear it. Yeah. But, but that doesn't matter. It's still not testing. And uh, those are the conversations that are, um, shocking, I guess I would say.
0: And also to your point, what you're saying is that you're not really comparing. It's not apples to apples. No, you're not comparing apples to apples. And my thing is always let the people decide people will, the, the, the congregation of people who are listening to country radio will let you know what they like. But if they don't get a chance to hear it, they can't like it or hate it you are, are you a chart
1: watcher by chance
0: um well I I, tr- I really am not although I Even am right years now. ago you I, weren't. Um, I was when I had singles out mm-hmm. you know I
1: would watch well, it you got one out
0: but uh, yeah I was
2: uh, I do but we don't I don't send don't... her charts every week or Garth I mean we don't I- I'm just yeah. curious yeah. What yeah, personally
1: I mean, if you are
2: I can't live and die by that I mean I like I, I know that the you
0: know and the way the way the charts are done now that the whole that the way the streaming element is in and research and all that stuff I can't really get to too much into those weeds because I don't really understand it all, um, and it goes back to I'm I love this song, I love this album, um, and I just I want people to have a chance to hear it and make up their own mind. So that's that that's the extent of what
1: what I care about what's happening on the charts. And I hope they do because they'll love it. Well, um, I hope so too. And the good thing is that um, I think it's a good thing that um, since I do the chart, Nashville is still a radio um, town, and air the Airplay chart the purely. AirPlay chart is still the chart, um, along with Hot Country Songs, which is a hybrid chart of streaming, sales, Mm -hmm. and AirPlay. Um, Leslie, what do you think? Do you look at all the different, are you looking at streaming numbers and?
2: yeah, of course. I mean, I think- This has
1: turned into quite a little data conversation. Yeah, not to get
2: too boring. um, Streaming certainly matters. I think on-demand streaming matters a little bit more than just the overall streaming numbers because I think that some of those numbers can still be manipulated. and, And it's interesting to hear radio's perspective of streaming because while some programmers really live and die by those streaming numbers, others believe that they're so manipulated that... Um, unless it's an on-demand streaming number, it's not a real number. And then what part of on-demand is actually program streams um, in a playlist and what is actually on-demand from a listener. So, I mean, it's all, interest. It you can't take any one thing and say this one thing is the gospel. Right. This is the one and only truth that there is. Anytime you're looking at metrics in any industry, you have to look at the whole big picture, right? You have to be able to look at every single piece. You
1: know, my, one of my first general managers, Claire in Richmond, of course, a woman said to me, um, and I was still really young at the time in my twenties. And she said to me, Jim, don't worry about the ratings. Don't get obsessed with the ratings. Don't get obsessed with research. You just make a good radio station and let me worry about that stuff. And, and I listened to that through my whole career that okay, it's not testing, but I really like this song, so I'm going to keep playing it.
0: But you're the rare breed, you know, and the, and, the, and there are there are people like there you are who are still like on radio, that, which is wonderful, you know, um, because that's how things happen. You know, I, I, re, I go back to when mm-hmm. She's in Love, The Boy came out. Um, it was when, you know, videos were everything, you know, and CMT was like, that was like where you saw the song mm-hmm. before it hit radio. And the video for She's in Love, The Boy came out two weeks before we sent the song to radio. And people were really responding to the video and calling radio. So by the time the song got to radio, they played it because they had already been getting calls on it. And that was something that you could do. And I actually told people, because we do a lot of stuff with social media, and we're telling people what's coming. And I said, I know that there might be a mentality of, like, don't it doesn't matter if you call your station anymore, but call your station. And a lot of people did. <laughs> and, it really, socially, and it really yeah. and people do um, and I respond.
1: And I think it still matters.
0: I, I think it does, too. What,
1: what do you think... What do you both think about your longevity being so strong as an artist? What's the secret to that?
0: I think... I mean, I'm sometimes I think when I look back on it, it doesn't feel, I mean, it's 28 years this year. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. It goes by quickly. You know, it's, it's, it, it's does, go quick, it, goes, it? Really, it does really <laughs> quickly. But I think that there's two things. I think one is to, to continue to, um, do what you do. And if you, if you're going to call yourself an artist, then you have to be true to yourself, no matter what you can't. You can't try to make a record for what the trend is, what you think people are going to like. You're going to, you're never going to, that's never going to end well for you. You have Mm -hmm. to really follow your heart and, and then you can sleep at night no matter what happens. That's the first thing. And the second thing for me is I really want to watch myself and catch myself and not be one of those older artists who goes, "Well, back in the 90s things were done right and everything right. was great." And I always want to even if an artist that I like as a person is not making music that I would necessarily make, that doesn't mean that I don't support that artist. It- I want to I don't want to be the old school. I want to be I want to be present and I want to be current in not just the music I make, but in the support I give to what's current.
1: But with that said, um, do you still like singing uh, X's and O's and she's in love with the boy? I mean, those are and to hear the fans singing those back to you. Is it still fun to sing those songs? I do.
0: And I I think that's because I never have recorded one song that I didn't love. I never recorded a song thinking it would be a hit because you never know. I mean, if you record a song and I've had plenty of people say, you should cut this. This would be a hit. And in my head, I'm like, okay, if I don't like it and it's a hit. Then I'm singing a song I hate every night. And if I hate it and I record it and it's not a hit, then I sold my soul for no reason. So there's never a good reason to record a song you don't feel I, strongly about.
1: I never met a country fan that... Um, don't take this the wrong way. I've never met a country fan that doesn't love Trisha's music. And... um
2: I haven't either. And Uh, I mean, even before I worked with her, I felt that way. I mean, when I was. And personality wise too,
1: it's just, I mean, you've always had this, you've always been friends with radio guys, uh, uh, the programmers. When I say guys, I mean men and women and, um, and the fans love you. So, you know, I, I think they're going to be welcoming you with open arms. I think it
0: comes from really feeling grateful and enjoying and being really doing, being on your path. Like I don't, I don't I didn't choose music it chose me honestly I never I never said hey I think it'd be really fun to do that I was like at 5 I'm a singer how do I get to Nashville how do I do this I mean I was I was very focused on what I wanted to do so I I feel like I feel so lucky. I mean, and I feel happy. I'm enjoying like, you know, this week is crazy. We have an album release. There's a lot going on. I've enjoyed every conversation I've had today. And I've had a lot of conversations today already. <laughs> How's this because one going? I'm in, it's going good. <laughs> Cause I'm, cause How's I really, this I love going? the topic. I like talking about music. I like talking about what's happening in our uh, business. And I love singing. I mean, it's like I can't imagine of all the things I do, this is what feeds my soul. You know, so I can't imagine not doing it.
1: Do you go? Are you going to go to some of the shows, Leslie? Her her shows. When she starts the tour. Her
2: tour? Are you kidding me? Well, I don't
1: know. (laughs) I'm going
2: to go to a lot of them. I'm really, really excited to see the tour, both the symphony dates in Nashville and then the tour in. um, Is
1: it the Every Girl Tour? Yeah, it is, and, and it girl starts girl, at the Sharmahorn in Nashville. Uh, yeah. Three dates in early October, and then right. how long will it go?
0: It's about twenty-three dates through. Uh, I think it's the seventh of December, eighth of
1: December. Nice. Who else is on the bill?
0: Um, right now, we're figuring that out, um, oh. and I don't know if I can announce who's on the bill. But I have an old friend who's a, the, a girl that I did a lot of shows with back in the nineties. Who's going to do some shows with me? Um, oh,
1: I could probably guess. I'm you not
0: probably start can guessing. guess. I'm not going to. Kim Ritchie gonna do some shows with oh and uh Kim cool. with our old pals great um, writer too yeah great writer so th- it's uh you know it definitely is going to be female uh, opening mm-hmm. uh, female uh, opening for a female it's just not done jim <laughs> <laughs> with, with a
2: female team around her uh, oh My gosh. and what kind
1: of awesome. venues you playing some theaters
0: yeah mostly theaters um and a lot of places i've played before that i love places that i want to go back to um And it's just, you know, and I don't think Leslie, I don't know if you've ever seen me do a show like this. I mean, you know, on the Garth tour, it was, it was great. I was kind of shiny quarter. I didn't have to worry about putting, you know, butts in seats. And I got to go out in the middle of his show and do five or six of the big hits. Everybody sings along and then I'm done. And the pressure's on him. And I loved it. And it was a chance for me to, there's something about watching 16 to 18,000 people singing along with She's Another Boy. That's really cool. Um, This is different. This is more like an evening with, it's a conversation. And it gives me the opportunity to do those hits that people want to hear, but also to kind of delve a little deeper into some of the album cuts from the albums and go, go different places depending on the night. So I'm excited about it.
1: What do you want fans to get from this album and from your shows coming up?
0: I just, you know, the fans who've been with me since day one, um, I hope it's just a, a sigh of relief. Like we've missed this and we're, this is what we wanted and expected. And, um, but also, I, I hope that there's a you know that they hear this album and you know the, the 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 perfect storm is that it reminds them of something they loved before, but it's also new.
1: Want to be cool that they're bringing um, their daughters um, and sons to the show, old fans uh, yeah. of yours, yeah? Isn't that cool? yeah?
0: It's very cool. One of the things I noticed on the on the Garth tour um is that. um that people are bringing their kids and sharing that music with them. And so to to walk out there and see somebody singing She's in Love, the Boy, for instance, that is a kid who's like 20 and you're like that they were not born when this song was released. Oh, or a kid
2: who's like 12. Right. And, they're, I mean, and, they're and they a know every word. Yeah. You know, it's
0: like those kids are raised right. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> what was the last uh, great show that each of you saw not in your realm? Something that you saw that really knocked you out
0: Um, well, the first, I, I, the last show I saw was Cher, um, which blew me away because Cher is 72 years old and she changed clothes nine times and she danced and she was amazing. Um, and then the other show that I saw that was, um, not, not a country show was Bruno Mars, um. Bruno's show, I've seen it a couple oh, of times. It's very, it's very much the same. It's Like a you know, roller a, coaster, right? It is, right? but it's just fun, and it's a, it's a, it's a set show that's got a plan, and you know what's going to happen. Kind of, you know, it's. I've seen it twice. It's the same show. It's, it's high energy. It's fun. All the songs are, you know, I love it when you go to a show and you know all the songs, you know, so it's, like, how, it's, it's cool. How about
1: you, Leslie?
2: I think one of the coolest experiences I've had was seeing Springsteen on Broadway. Mm. Uh, that was unlike anything I've ever seen before. And it was more of like a one-man show where he told the stories of the songs while he sang those songs in this really intimate setting. Um, and it was just, it was an extraordinary experience. Mm-hmm. I walked away from that going, wow, as a music person and needed to see music in that context was really beautiful.
1: Interesting. Okay. How about you? Well, you know, I grew up Jerry's gonna give me a rough time because I mentioned Springsteen a lot. I grew up a huge Springsteen fan. Did
2: you see um, him on Broadway?
1: No, I didn't want to see Ugh. it actually.
2: Why? Oh
1: I don't want to get into it. <laughs>
2: Oh, it was fun. All right, right.
1: quickly. Here's a guy who's been singing about factory workers all his life and being that guy. That's why we loved him. I grew up in upstate New York. And all of a sudden, he's playing for $750 a ticket. And I just, it bothered me.
2: Well, when you listen to Maybe if to Bruce him, hears this and
1: calls me and invites oh me to my a show. Oh, gosh. I think when
2: you listen to him tell the stories of those songs, I mean, it's, you know, to me, the stories of those songs are his family and his life and his father. And it's it's so much like what we were just talking about here. I mean, I go through this, this music and I go, you know, Ashley McBride wrote Bible in a 44. And we both heard that song and immediately connected to our fathers. And hearing that song, I mean, the first time I heard it was before my father passed away, and I had tears streaming uh, down my face listening to it. It's always
1: a personal connection. Well, and
2: it? and that's what makes all music great. I mean, when you talked about earlier, um, when Trisha talked about earlier not trying to make music that fit into what somebody was looking for, because this person says this is a hit when music really connects. It's because there's a message that is incredibly um, personal to each person that hears it. It's why we couldn't answer what our favorite song is because it's, you you can't, Mm -hmm. you connect to a moment in time. That's what makes music so special. And, and so that's what I loved about that show of his because it tells those stories, but it also gives me a different connection to those songs in that moment. It's what I love about this album. I mean, it's what you see on the stadium tour and on the world tour with Garth is there's a personal connection with this man and that person on the back row mm-hmm. all the way to the person on the front row. Mm-hmm. And that connection is difficult to... Um, it's I can't imagine being able to make that connection with people on a daily basis with your music. And that's, you know, that's what makes this all so fun and so passionate and exciting for us to get out and do. And I think what gives us the drive and that, that competitiveness that makes you want to be successful is, is sharing something that is real and true and honest, you know, in your heart. I think you With just gave people. us the
1: perfect ending to this conversation.
2: I know you make me want to cry. That's Thank good. you both so much
1: for being here. Thank you, Jim. Good, good luck. Good, out, and good be safe out there, will you? I will. Do it. Okay. Best. It's Jim Asker on the Billboard Beat podcast. Thank you, everyone.
2: Thank you, Jim.